The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Hello and welcome to the latest live episode of Wrestling with Jonas, episode 325. And uh, we're already a few weeks away from our fifth anniversary of the show. Uh, so uh, I think this weekend or very, very soon I'll be announcing who my guests are for the month of November to, to cover off and to celebrate five years of Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, but today uh, for a, a Tuesday evening, I'm pretty sure we're on Tuesday, uh, I've got none other than the uh, heart and soul of British professional wrestling, Gale Force, JJ Gale. JJ Gale, great to have you on the show. How are you doing this fine evening? Yeah, it's great to be here. I've seen you, you're busy with these shows, lots of different guests, so it's, it's good to finally be on it. And uh, yeah, I'm doing well, man. Looking forward to it's having It's an show. absolute pleasure to have you on. It really is. And uh, I mean, over the last few months, I've, I've shone a, a, big bright on, a, big, a big bright light on Rev Pro. And today's going to be no different. Um, last week, of course, we had uh, Shah Samuels, uh, and he was a really fun guest. So go and check that one out. Uh, and in fact, before we take a deep dive with uh, JJ, just a quick reminder of some of my recent guests, uh, just to entice you to hit that like button and hopefully hit that subscribe button. And our first guest of the month of October uh, was Jordan Sparks, fresh off of his three-month stint uh, training with Dr. Tom Pritchard. Um, and uh, yeah, probably still a bit jet-lagged, but Jordan Sparks came onto the show. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a fantastic conversation, uh, a very, very bright, promising prospect on the UK scene. Uh, somebody that JJ might know very well, Francesca was a guest in September, uh, a wonderful ring announcer, um, and uh, Rev Pro's number one ring announcer, of course. We had a fantastic conversation. Uh, what a fantastic guest Francesca was. And of course, uh, Michael Oku, uh, was my guest for episode 315, the Rev Pro British Undisputed Heavyweight Champion, uh, one of the top performers in the UK, Europe, and further afield. As I just mentioned last week, my most recent live guest was with Shah Samuels, a really fun conversation. And of course, about his transformation, uh, his wonderful comeback to Rev Pro, NXT UK, um, his rise on the indies, and uh, 20 years in the business. Uh, Shah Samuels was a fantastic guest. Now, JJ's not my only live guest I've got this week. Tomorrow, as a matter of fact, uh, I've got uh, Mila Schmidt coming on to the show. Uh, this was rescheduled from a couple of months ago, but Mila's going to be a fantastic guest doing some wonderful things over in Europe. Uh, don't miss that one. That's going to be tomorrow, the 18th of October, 8 p.m. UK time. Next week, um, I've got... Uh, Scotty Too High, Scott Garland coming onto the show for the second time. Uh, we're going to be hyping up his UK and European tour for the month of November. So Scott's going to be coming back onto the show uh, to have a little bit of a catch up what he's been up to over the last year since we last spoke to him but also to have a look at his many dates over November and December. Um, and of course, uh, this past weekend, uh, I met up with uh, world of sport legend Johnny Saint uh, in the flesh. And uh, what a fantastic conversation I had with Johnny uh, for episode seven of the Legends Masterclass series. Uh, more than likely, these two, that, that interview will go out in two parts over the month of November. Um, but uh, a fantastic guest um, and a wonderful interview, uh, Johnny Saint. It was an absolute honor and a pleasure uh, to speak to Johnny. But um, JJ, fantastic to have you on as a guest, episode 325. And um, just coming off the back of a, a fairly interesting and busy weekend for you, let's start off with Sunday, first of all, because um, you were in the mix at uh, Pro Wrestling Chaos, weren't you, over in Bristol? 
Um, how was that experience? Yeah, it was great. It was uh, my second time uh, with Chaos, actually. Um, so debuted with them back in August, uh, teaming with Sean Jackson, which is mm. uh, something a bit different. Uh, it's one of the things I like about what they're doing over there. They want to do something different than things that are going on elsewhere in British wrestling. So, you know, if there's a team that's teaming elsewhere, maybe they're not as likely to be teaming there or, you know, they're looking to just switch things up, which I think is good because, you know, it gives variety in the scene. You know, someone could be watching a Red Pro or a Progress or wherever, uh, and then they come to Chaos and they're going to get a different product and different storylines, maybe some different characters, different teams, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I brought myself and Sean Jackson in for a, te- in for a team. Um, we did a mad scramble. And then, yeah, I was back there on Sunday for singles with Danny Jones, which was good fun. Yeah, now, you, I know you've been in the ring with Danny Jones before, but uh, that's when in, in tag team action alongside uh, Brendan White, him and uh, Bre- uh, Brendan, the Greedy Souls and yourself uh, versus one tag team partner or another. Um, but uh, it's a first time encounter in singles competition with Danny, isn't it? Uh, how was the match? Uh, well, how was the experience for yourself? Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, um, you know, he's super over there, super popular with the fans. Um, He's one of their top guys. So it was kind of cool to get in there and prove myself in front of those fans. Like I said, some of them may know me elsewhere. Some of them may not. They might just be Chaos fans. So it was a chance for me to kind of go in there and show them what I'm all about. Um, And I I think I did that well. Um, Came up short, but, you know, I put in a put in a shift I'd like to think and yeah we, I think we had we had good chemistry out there and and the match I had real fun uh got some great feedback and uh yeah like I say the fans are pretty electric there they're very they're very loyal to that fan base and that promotion. very passionate aren't they yeah and very very, very loud very vocal but um uh, so I mean we are live and of course uh, if you're watching us at home uh, on Facebook live on Twitch or on YouTube thank you for tuning in uh, and if you've got any questions for JJ Gale you can do just uh, ping him through to us using your chosen device, and we'll uh, do our very best to read each question out live on air. We've had quite a few questions drop already. I'm going to check them out in a minute and bring them up on screen. Um, but I suppose we spoke about, I mean, 2023, we'll talk about it in a minute. It's been a hell of a year for you. This past Sunday, of course, Pro Wrestling Chaos, and, and Saturday um, was uh, New Japan was over on these shores again for Royal Quest 3, weren't they, in collaboration with Rev Pro. Um, now, you weren't performing, but you were there, uh, close to the scene, watching all the action as it unfolded. Uh, how was that experience for you? Yeah, it's motivating. It's super motivating every time you can be a part of a show like that. I mean, New Japan is one of, if not the top promotion in the world. You know, arguably the best in-ring product. Um, some of the best stars in the world, some of the best talents in the world. So when you can be there, be involved in that and see that up close and personal, obviously that's only going to motivate you to get to that level. Um you know, I was sitting there the entire show thinking, oh, I've got to be here next year. I've got to work my ass off and do everything I can to try and get on this uh, show next year. You know, there's a few of the British guys there. And that just motivates me even more to be on there. So really, really fun. Some great professional wrestling. Super motivating. It kind of lit a fire under me for sure. I was going to say that. It's going to uh, yeah, light a spark, isn't it? To, uh, like I say, keep you hungry and keep you motivated and to make sure you're there on the card next time. But um, one thing in my research I found particularly interesting is certainly for the last uh, year, maybe since about October or November of last year, you've been uh, you've done a few stints over in Italy, haven't you, for a company called uh, SAJ. Um, there's a couple of pictures here. And I think one of your more recent matches um, against Sunshine Machine, and it's uh, GGG isn't it, uh, with uh, Emmanuel LG, um, right. who's an Italian-based performer. But uh, uh, you've, you've had some fun over there. Like, I think maybe you've gone over there three or four times in the last 12 months. Um, how did you first get hooked up with those? And uh, give, us, give us a bit of a glimpse into your experiences so far. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, they contacted me about this time last year. And, 
uh, originally I think the plan was for me and Callum to go over it was when we were teaming in RevPro about a year ago um, yeah. and uh, they were in need of a tag team uh, and they asked if we could come over I think Callum got injured right before so he couldn't make it unfortunately um, hence why I ended up going over with Sean as a kind of a last last minute replacement um, and uh, yeah we really enjoyed it I mean they're very hospitable over there they look after you very well um, it's great to just go there and experience the culture of a different country and you know eat some pizza and ice cream and all that you know, typical stuff. Um, <laughs> some gelato, also, some exactly pizza. That, exactly <laughs> that. I mean, it was the first thing we did when we were there. Me, Mills, and Doris went straight off to a pizzeria. They got some pasta. I was not holding back. I went straight for the pizza. The diet was out the window at the weekend, and then straight off to a gelato shop. And you know, you got when it when in Rome or Milan, as it was, you got to do yeah. what you got to do. And they absolutely love the uh, the UK talent over there. This promotion in particular, I think it's probably more UK stars on those uh, Italian shows for um, SAJ than there is uh, uh, any any other nationality represented. But so uh, they absolutely love the the UK talent. And uh, obviously, you've done very well over there. Um, and, and your team uh, with uh, Emmanuel LG, um, you've only teamed with him a couple of times, but you two seem to be gelling quite well and uh, got a victory over Sunshine Machine. Um, and the, the current tag team champions over there, Boisterous Behaviour, so Doris and Leon Slater. Um, you got one eye maybe on uh, the tag team titles? Yeah, so yeah, like you say, um, <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of a thrown together team, me and LG, but it yeah. seems to be it seems to be super popular with the fans over there, which. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is, but they, they just love the dynamic. And, uh, yeah, they're super into it every time we go out, which makes it loads of fun. You know, we go out there and we have fun. We have quite a funny dynamic between the two of us and we get the job done as well. I mean, I think we're getting better as a team each time, new offense and everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, correction, we beat Doris and Spencer, who was a Italian talent who's over right. there. So not, not him and Leon, but obviously, yeah, we've got our eyes on that gold. We're currently in the SAJ yeah. Tag Team Tournament, which is a separate championship belts i think they have the asker belts which are sort of older italian belts um and the saj belts are their new exclusive tag titles um beating sunshine machine means we're through to the final in december where we meet the freshens if we win that we got some gold and yeah definitely we'll, we'll have a rise on Teresa and leon and look to get that double strap you know and, and I found it quite amusing when I found out the uh, the precise name of SAJ over in Italy. Um, it, now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's called Squash A Jobber Wrestling. Um, I remember this is an Italian-based uh, promotion. I, I, I think also um, they originated from a, a, a podcast brand. Is that Does that sound about right? I believe so, yeah, as far as I'm aware. Um, <laughs> I mean, we. I think everyone who works with them when they find out the name, they're like, okay, interesting, interesting uh, choice of name. But I believe yeah. that the origins was from a podcast like yourself. I guess it would be if you decided to transition from a podcast to promoting shows and it was called Jonah's Wrestling. I think that was the, the Squasher Jobber podcast just became Squasher Jobber <laughs> Wrestling. So uh, oh, I elect to say SAJ, but, you know, nonetheless, yeah. I have fun with them out there. I would, I would stick with SAJ, yeah, <laughs> but uh, amusing nonetheless, amusing nonetheless. Um, I want to talk a bit about um, Rev Pro's 11th anniversary show, and I've got so I've got a number of pictures. Certainly, this one here being one of them, and over four thousand people in the copper box. Uh, I think it was uh, all in weekend, wasn't it? Uh, was it the 26th or 27th of, uh, of August? 26th, possibly it was a Saturday, mm. um, but a hell of a weekend. Beautiful, uh, sunny weekend in London. Uh, and the Copper Box gave Rev Pro its largest ever audience. And uh, you were performing as well. And I'm going to bring up the match graphic here. Um, JJ Gale versus Koshi Fujita. And uh, I, say, I think we'll get around to it, but that's one of... 
uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s protégés. Um, but to tell us a bit about the weekends and that occasion, and especially with your, your history with RevPro, which uh, spans over four years now, um, kind of on a personal level, that must have been a pretty special occasion for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you mentioned, I've sort of, I've called myself before as the Heart and Soul of British Wrestling, you know, that, that, that moniker that, that started at RevPro, the Heart and Soul of Revolution Pro. Um, uh, you know, it was something that someone said to me once. And I was like, do you know what? Yeah, I think, I think it's an apt thing to say, you know, am I the top guy there? No, not yet, but I'm someone who started at the very bottom there uh, with a vision. I've slowly worked up the ladder. You know, I started as just a trainee at the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. I had a a sort of a, I've always said in interviews, it's kind of like a restart on my career in the sort of late 2018, early 2019, where I started training there. Um, And I worked from just a new trainee up to the contenders division, worked my way through the contenders division, got my colors wearing my gear and it was a slow progression for me of finding you know these different things and, and it's still a progression you know by by no means do I feel like I'm in my final form yet but it's growing it's a development in front of those fans and you know the goal was always to wrestle at York Hall um which I achieved earlier this year um box was never really on my my radar to be honest it kind of came out of nowhere but it was something that you know as soon as the, the announcement was made that we were running the copper box I wanted to be there um and as soon as the match was offered, I was, yeah, very excited on it. Absolutely. And uh, let's bring up some some pictures from the day. And uh, your entrance, as hyped as always, awesome entrance, uh, lots of energy, lots of passion. Um, and like I say, the, the emotions must have been flowing as you were coming out that curtain, down the steps, down the aisleway, of course. Uh, some action shots there. We'll talk about your amazing athleticism very, very soon. Um, and uh, from a slightly different angle, of course. Um, what what were the emotions kind of coming out through the curtain? I mean, you must have been pretty hyped backstage and then kind of let it all out when you exploded through the curtains. And then, of course, the bell rang. Uh, what were the emotions? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, I think that first photo you put up shows shows the emotion clearly. I saw that back and it really, yeah, it captures everything. I mean, look at that 100%. Uh, someone who's gassed to be out there, to be honest. Um, I was surprisingly calm backstage. You know, it was by far the biggest stage I've been on, 4,000 plus. Um, so, yeah, easily the biggest audience. Uh, I knew there was a lot of eyes on that weekend with it being all-in weekend with AEW at Wembley. Um, so, you know, I was mentally preparing for a while. But by the time I got there, I felt prepared. I felt relaxed. And I was just excited to go out there, to be honest. But I guess that that five, ten minutes before you're going out, the match is on before you, you're warming up backstage. And then eventually... My music, which I've, I've got this year that's new, that always gets me hyped up, it hit. And as soon as I go through that that curtain, it was uh, excitement uh, and just, just yeah, excitement, energy. I mean, I, I think I've posted something afterwards to just say the energy of 4,000 people is unlike anything else. You know, we're used to wrestling in front of two, 300 people every weekend. Um, but yeah, there's a different energy to those bigger shows where there's, Look at that. Like you see from that photo, 4,000 plus Um and it's a different noise, a different energy, and it just hypes you up and you're even more excited. Try not to blow up on the entrance because I exerted so much <laughs> energy coming up. <laughs> it's uh, energy, but yeah, just really excited to be there, to be honest. Um, I'd worked hard to get to that spot and just wanted to go out there and, and sort of prove to anyone who didn't know who I was, what I was about and, and do my best out there. Absolutely. And uh, going to bring up some action shots from the from the match. And uh, the commentators said that it was uh, probably your biggest match and your biggest victory in your career. And there you go. After you got the win, uh, you kind of uh, said a few lines to the camera, possibly aimed at a certain Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, there we go. But uh, I think the commentators were right. And certainly that match 
uh, it gave your biggest, almost notable uh, victory in your career. And we will talk about 2023 in a minute because it's been a real uphill uh, trajectory for sure. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, your high point of 2023, certainly as Rev Pro concerned uh, as it stands. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I came into this year with a, a bit of a different, a more focused approach to, to mm. wrestling. Um, you know, something I've been doing a few years now, training and working. But this year, I kind of had the approach of I, I want to stop waiting for opportunities. I want to sort of put everything in it, you know, into it and sort of attack the year. Um, <clears> and I was uh, saying from my very first match of the year and in interviews in the ring, whatever online, I was just saying 2023 is my year because. I believe in manifestation. I believe if you put something out there and you tell yourself it and you tell the world it, you're going to manifest it. You're going to make it happen. And, you know, more could have happened this year. Don't get me wrong. In 2024 will be a bigger year and so on and so on. But I just wanted Mm. to make sure that this was somewhat of a breakout year or at least the biggest year yet. And, you know, matches like the Copper Box and Your Call and, you know, working programs with Zach and stuff like that has, it's it's proven to be the case. So, yeah, it was a real, uh, a real focused approach this year. And I feel like it's, it's paid off. Um, but hopefully a lot more to come. Absolutely. And uh, just going to bring up a couple of pictures. And this is, I think, from your social posts, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but uh, uh, how, it, how, it, how it was uh, and how it's going. So uh, what's that, maybe two or three years in between those photos, ring crew at uh, one of the previous Rural Quests. Um, and there you are at the Copper Box for the 11th anniversary show. Um, a little bit of a difference and obviously a, a clear demonstration of your progression and your focus and your drive um, and your determination and the success you've had to get you to that point. But um, those two pictures, the difference between those two pictures uh, must give you a real sense of pride and achievement. For sure, yeah. Because um, I remember specifically being at Royal Quest 2019 um, and I'd only made my Rev Pro debut maybe like a month before right. that, uh, a few weeks before. So I was still very early doors in terms of Rev Pro and and the wider wrestling scene. But I remember being there, helping out with that show, and just standing up there with that photo taken, looking over the arena, seeing that ring, and being like, Do you know what, it'd be it would be sweet to be in that ring one day, and I'm going to make sure it happens. Oh, um, yeah. So I mean, I took it as a reminder for myself to look at that and be like, these are the sort of places I want to be working, and um, yeah was it three three four years later and i was there so yeah it was definitely a a proud moment but i guess the next step on that is you know to to wrestle at a royal quest it was a rev pro show but i mean it was kind of cool to ring bring crew a new japan show and then get a win over a new japan talent um in that same arena um so yeah really it was a proud moment but just want to keep pushing forward and, and then go for more Almost a full circle moment with you performing at the Copper Box this year. But like I say, the proper full circle moment will come when you're uh, performing uh, in the New Japan Ring. Uh, Rule Quest 4 2024 has got to happen now. I'm going to bring up uh, another photo. Uh, let's have this as a bit of a talking point. And there's yourself and your uh, infamous promo on Zack Sabre Jr. Now, I think this was from uh, your call show. Was it about June or July this year? Um, and... Um, there we are planting the seeds uh, for a future match between the two of you. And obviously we're talking about this, this progression, a real focus, uh, you know, a real focused approach on you as a performer, as a wrestler in 2023. Um, and uh, it looks like you clearly more than planted the seeds for a match with Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, tell us a little bit about where we're heading with this and, and that promo and where you think it's going to lead and kind of how you would like it to end up. 
hey, look, the goal is to get in there with Zach. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. I mean, everyone watched his match with Brian. Uh, I'm sure most people have seen his match from Will from the weekend. I was back there, literally just the other side of the curtain, watching on the monitor. Um, and, you know, he's incredible. He's an incredible talent. So anyone who wants to be or do anything in this business wants to get in there with someone like him to learn, to test themselves um, and to get some of that sort of that rub, I guess, if you will. You know, if you, you get in there, you have that good match with Zach, you get people talking. That's one of those things. It's going to be one of those building blocks. But you're going to test yourself as well. You're going to see, you know, the level that you need to be be at if you want to be one of the best in the world. Um, so, yeah, it's like I said, I want this to be a breakout year. So why not go after one of the best? Why not try and test yourself against one of the best? And, you know, hurdles and roadblocks have been thrown in my way, Vegeta and the Copper Box being one of them, and I keep knocking them down. I'm picking up more wins than I ever have in Rev Pro, building yeah. momentum. Um, so for me, it's all roads towards Zack Sabre Jr. When that happens, isn't up to me. That's up to Zack. That's up to Rev Pro. Um, but I'm ready. I've said it all year. I'm ready when he is. Um, it all started at, at your call um, in the Rumble. Um and here we are. I mean, that was March. We're here in, what, October now? I'm ready. So I'm, I'm sure all roads lead to it. But we'll yeah. see when that, when that promises to be. Absolutely. And uh, as you said, we've got a much more focused JJ Gale in 2023. And not only that, I think this is the, the best version of JJ Gale we've ever had. That's really firing on all cylinders, getting some of the biggest wins um, in, in his career. So, uh, yeah, I think you've got a, a very, very good shot. I think you, you're kind of confident uh, about your ability. And I think Zach Sabre Jr. could be in for um, a real tough contest. And uh, who knows? Who knows? You've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? Um, but uh, say that will hopefully happen before the end of this year um and uh, let, let, let me ask you about um rev pro and 2023 you've had some um other fantastic opponents some other fantastic uh matches haven't you and i've got a bit of a list here i mean it all kicked off uh was it uh, this year with uh, gabe kid um and then teaming with callum to take on the greedy souls will craven was next uh, then you had back-to-back -back matches with uh, Yota Suji. Uh, you had a series of matches with Robbie X, some of those over the Cruiserweight title, of course. Connor Mills, um, uh, you know, who's also having an incredible year. You had a match with him earlier on in the year. We mentioned about the Copper Box. Then Luke Jacobs, a really, really tough, hard-hitting match. And then, of course, uh, an amazing match against uh, Leon Slater, which we'll talk about in a minute. But 2023, in a nutshell, for Rev Pro, it's been uh, a year full of opportunities and great matches and, and hard opponents as well. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I came into this year with, with a, a new approach, a new focused uh, energy. And I think that's materialising some of these matches you know you've just named off a who's who of British wrestling and international wrestling I mean we've all seen since those matches with Suji he's gone back to New, J New Japan after finishing his excursion and sort of lit the, lit the world on fire um, you know you look at the stuff Robbie X is doing that Royal Quest um, a reference the MML show yeah one of if not the best cruiserweights not in just Britain in the world so it's for me being getting in there with guys who have more experience than me or you know may have been slightly up that totem pole and just proven that I can kind of get up there and hang with them and just really test myself and uh, get some big marquee wins. And I think that's been noted by the fan base as well. And it's definitely feels like there's a little bit more of a ground swelling of sort of uh, momentum coming up uh, yeah. with me. So yeah, I've really enjoyed this year. It's been some, some real fun matches that you mentioned there. 
what one opponent and one match or two matches I want to talk about in particular is uh, Leon Slater. Now, you would have faced him for the first time uh, nearly a year ago, last November, if I'm not mistaken, in a, a first-time encounter. Um, you faced him again, was it this past weekend or very, very recently, um, and managed to get your win back over Leon Slater. And Leon Slater's had an incredible year, 18 months on the UK scene, uh, performing for some of the biggest uh, promotions and uh, having a lot of success. And uh, I think it just demonstrates the rise that you're on um, to, to go up against Leon. Uh, still, I think, 18, 19 years old, have, having some fantastic uh, uh, successes. Um, but you got your win back, didn't you? Exactly, yeah. Like you said, it's almost a year. I think it's just under a year since we first met at the 229 yeah. last November. Uh, it was a match I was excited about then. He'd just come into RevPro. Um, you know, he had a lot of buzz then. That's obviously magnified this year. The kid's got unbelievable uh unbelievable talent you know he's gonna go very far um and such a good dude i wish him all the success because you know he's such a nice guy as well um but yeah i feel like we've both definitely grown a lot since then um you know he, he's traveled the world I, you know i've traveled europe um we've both upped our games added different layers to who we are as professional wrestlers whether that's in ring out of the ring so i was really excited to get this one and yeah it was just a couple of weeks ago after that uh match in SAJ that we mentioned That's right. so, yeah. and uh, I was in Southampton which is great it's uh, my adopted hometown um, I grew up in Dorset but I've uh, been in Southampton for the last five six years so it's kind of cool to have it there there's always a real cool energy in the 1865 wrestling here um, so yeah sick match real good fun and I managed to get that win back which makes it one one apiece so the way I see it there's probably in 2024 we'll keep the we'll keep the trilogy going and there's the Absolutely. silence we had and uh I think that one's going to be the biggest of them all. Tell us a bit. I know that Leon Sato, I've seen a ton of his work. I've seen a ton of your work. Um, and Leon's this kind of like wild, uh, acrobatic, high flyer. Um, and, and, and tell us a bit about your styles because you're also uh, very athletic. Uh, you do pull out the odd high flyer move. But I think you've, you've got a good balance of in-ring work and high flying action um, in your repertoire. How are how the style... Uh, mixes between yourself and Leon Slater. Yeah, they say styles make matches, and I think we're two styles that complement each other. I think we look at uh, wrestling in a similar way, and I think we have a similar similar way of performing in the ring as well. So I think we mesh really well, um, and I think that's part of the reason that last Sunday was such a, or a couple of Sundays ago, was such a special match. I mean, for me in ring, I like to fly around, but you know, I think you've got to be able to do it all if you can work on the mat. You know, I, I work a lot of strikes into my game. Uh, the flying stuff so i try and work a bit of a hybrid style to be honest yes. but nothing quite gets you going like when you fly through the ring for a high risk maneuver um and uh it's exciting it's, it's high risk you never know what's going to happen but i think our styles mesh nicely hence why yeah. i think we've, we've had a couple of real fun matches and i do think that third one i think each time we've left stuff in the tank you know they've been fun matches it's been well received we've enjoyed it but there's always more. And I think maybe that third encounter, whenever that might happen, wherever that might be, I think that's going to be nothing left at the table. So I'm, I'm looking forward to when that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, wouldn't it be interesting if your third encounter um, had, a, had a title on the line, a certain uh, undisputed cruiserweight title on the line? We'll have to see. I, I can I can picture you with that, but I'm not going to jinx anything. But uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, but yes, match number three, please, Rev Pro. Uh, now, we, we've had the, the pleasure of meeting one another a couple of times um, at uh, a couple of different venues. And the first time, now I think this was in May, at uh, All Star Wrestling South's Open Day. And I was 
invited down to um, interview the guys, uh, take footage of the of the day, put together a little video for Joel. That was a really, really fun day. And I've, I've spoken to others on this show about that day. It was a very positive day, very positive atmosphere. I think about 30 uh, trainees come down, yourself as well. There was there was Bullet, Joel, uh, Eddie, uh, Ryan and L.A. Taylor down there as guest coaches. Um, but that was really, really fun. And I know when you came through the door, uh, Joel introduced me to you and uh, that was pretty cool to meet you. Um, but I know that you are a, a, a regular trainee with Joel at ASW South, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. For the for about a year and a bit now, um, I try and get down there as much as possible. Um, you know, I've trained a few different places since starting wrestling. Um, but yeah, All Star South has been one of the ones that I've been sort of persistently going to recently uh, as much as I can. Um, it's a great setup down there. You know, mm. if someone asked me where should I start out, that is the place that I say is the best to start out. I mean, Joel is technically sound. You know, if yeah. you want to learn to wrestle, that's where you want to learn to wrestle, you know. Uh, and you're going to learn the right way because I feel like me and a lot of others maybe you could try and figure it out yourself as you go. If you haven't had the right coaches and the right input early on, you kind of figure it out yourself. You maybe pick up bad habits. Um, whereas you see guys that Joel's trained from the ground up, guys like Ripper Reed, um, yeah. Nathan Angel, who have both had breakout years themselves. I mean, Ripper's just got back from Japan, what, this week, last week, yeah. um, after doing a six, nine-month tour uh, with Tajiri uh, and his promotion over there. I think Nat's just come back. Nathan Angel's just come back from Germany. His big win in his first international debut, and that's in the main event as well. I think main evented. There you go, hey. And he's <laughs> what? I think he's only a year in, if that. And he's had yeah. countless matches. And he's yeah. I was there when when Nathan Angel had just started. I remember him. He didn't have a clue what to do. Joel would just get him on. So before the school opened, that the open day was, we would just train on mats at the upstairs of uh, my gym in Salisbury, yes. which is a really old school sort of like oak sort of wooden gym like it's not like your typical sort of commercial gym that you might go to it's very it's very different it's got a rustic kind of feel to the to the weightlifting area and stuff and they just had this room which almost a loft room so it's like this kind of hot sweaty room that you couldn't open the windows the first time i went the first couple of times when i actually threw up because the heat was so intense and i sweated so much um that i'd lost too much like glucose or blood sugar from my body and i ended up getting a migraine throwing up and it was just it was brutal but like the session itself was incredible and the work ethic of the boys there was unreal and yeah i remember nathan just being thrown in to just work with us you're thrown in to lock up he didn't have a clue what he was doing we're working around him and sort of helping him find his way and, and learn different holds and reversals so to see where like guys like him and ripper are now is a testament to 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 you know the school and i I, I really do believe that that's the place that people if they want to learn to do this right and well i mean look at joel he's been around the world japan wwe and you know it's got everything you need there and it's a great facility so it's it's really yeah. fun to go down there and test myself great work ethic of the boys so i really enjoy it yeah, I mean, Joel is arguably not just one of the best wrestlers uh, in Europe, in the world, let's be honest, but he's one of the best coaches as well. And I mean, what what do you feel that you've learned, especially, what, you know, what, how do you think you've benefited or learned in particular from being down in a ASW South and, and Joel and the boys there? Um, so a few things, really. I mean, I think he puts a big focus on conditioning for some of the more advanced guys, um, which is always good, I think, if you can keep up that. I've noticed since I've been training there, um, not only am I training outside of there, but the conditioning is always an important part there. So, you know, we always say blow up here instead of in a match. And, you know, the times of me being in matches and feeling blown are a lot less from being there. But I think more so and more importantly, 
it's just the little things at this stage you know I've joined him not from the ground up I've joined him with five years resting experience yeah. um and you know on some bigger shows and uh, you know I've, I've sort of found my way in wrestling a bit but he's been able to sort of tighten up some of these areas and they're little things that are hard to explain or hard to sort of fans might not necessarily notice but they're just little tweaks to my game and the way I work that just take you from this level to this level and just make you that slightly better worker and just tighten up your stuff um it's tough to find an example um, and, and sort of say that but there's just little things that I've added and there's stuff that I've I've had the advice I've added it to my game and then I've had feedback from other trainers or wrestlers or, or fans that might have said something I really like how you did that and it's a direct bit of feedback from Joel so that's something that I really appreciate absolutely 100 percent. we're going to carry on this conversation in a moment but a quick shout out uh, to my local promotion a promotion that's very close to my heart and that is immortal wrestling down here in the southwest and they've got their next show november the 25th so just over a month's time and uh, some matches already announced we've got a, a four-way for the immortal wrestling king of england championship the current champion rkj is going to be defending his championship against jack salstrom johnny storm and flynn daddy flynn burden that is going to be a fantastic match uh, worth the price of admission alone uh, but that is going to be a tremendous hallway for the King of England Championship. If you like your big boys, you're going to like the Nomad Dalton Garrett going up against the outlaw Tim Strange uh, and that's going to be a really big bruising encounter between those two for sure. Um, and then we've got Champagne Charlie defending his Immortal Wrestling Fighting Championship in a title versus career match against Frankie T, the former champion. This has been a, a long, drawn-out storyline between these two, and it comes to an end November the 25th. And uh, each of those two, Champagne Charlie and Frankie T, will have corner men with them. Uh, one of them corner men you might just notice in the top left-hand corner is going to be me. So that's going to be quite interesting to see what unfolds during that match. But career versus title, Champagne Charlie versus Frankie T. The most recent match to be announced uh, is going to be a three-way tag team encounter uh, for the inaugural Immortal Tag Team Championships. You've got the Demon Death Squad there versus the Battle Cats versus Tommy Lawrence and Lion Kid. That's going to be absolutely tremendous. Uh, the match for the Immortal Wrestling Women's Championship, Nightshade, the current champion, uh, the uh, long-time champion, Nightshade, versus Violet Knight. That's going to be an awesome encounter for the Women's Championship. And one of the main events for the night, uh, we've got Impact's very own former WWE star, Dirty Dango, coming over to the UK. He'll be performing on the night for Immortal Wrestling Devil's Playground, going up against Tate Mayfairs. That's going to be a tremendous encounter between, uh, looks like, one of the very finest North American competitors against Tate Mayfair is one of the finest UK performers. And we've still got two more matches uh, to announce, including uh, the heavyweight championship match, which uh, will no doubt be announced very, very soon. But uh, a really strong card there from Immortal Wrestling. I scan the barcode that was on the screen or click in the link to the description or just go to Immortal Wrestling Socials for all information and to get your tickets. Um, but uh, JJ, thank you for bearing with us there. Had to do a quick shout out to Immortal Wrestling. The, the, the very next time I saw you was at the end of July, wasn't it? And it was uh, in Salisbury again. Um, and uh, it was here. Uh, your match against Kylo Reese. Um, and uh, it, that was a really fun show. It was a debut show for ASW South, an absolutely packed studio theatre in Salisbury. Um, and uh, I'd say a really fun competition between yourself and Kylo, somebody I believe you came up in the business with. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun to have that match. Uh, like you say, uh, me and Kylo, we started out uh, very similar times. You know, the first time we were kind of branched out and getting bookings um, outside of training schools and stuff was. 2017 
so yeah, similar sort of ages, similar points in our career. Uh, so to lock up with him again, yeah, back in July, some five years later, five, six years later was great because just as I mentioned uh, earlier on, um, you know, to with Leon, you know, that's one year's difference. With me and Kylo, we've five, six years since we last wrestled each other. Really? Wow. Come on come on immensely and we're completely yeah. different competitors uh, how we are in the ring and stuff. So that was real fun. Yeah, it was cool to do that and it was nice to kind of represent All Star uh, South and their opening show as well. Yeah, it really was a fun show. And I know they got another show, uh, their next show around the corner, early December, December the 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, another uh, time that we met was, of course, uh, backstage when you cut uh, a pretty awesome promo. Um, and uh, that's kind of where you, you really kind of um, open my eyes to what a fantastic uh, promo you are. Um, and uh, here you are again. We're building up to your uh, match uh, against Chris Bonson for the Southwest Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. Um, but uh, like I say, you're a pretty mean promo, my friends. And uh, whether it's with me or just uh, yourself and a camera uh, to Chris Bronson, um, tell us a bit about your ability to, to uh, cut such uh, really passionate um, and uh, energized and well thought out promos, uh, because you've certainly got the skills as far as that's concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's something growing up I always liked about wrestling. I always liked the in-ring stuff, but I liked the promos. I liked the the showmanship side of it. I liked the spectacle of it, and part of that was the promos, the the trash talk, all of that stuff. So it's always something that I've been interested in, and it's always something I did growing up, cutting promos on my brother or in the mirror or, you know, it's something you can do a little bit easier at home and, you know, you're going to get taught how to do promos a little better and you're going to pick up skills, but, you know, it's something I've always enjoyed doing. Um so yeah I, I mean i think in terms of doing passionate promos i don't think you can call yourself the heart and soul without delivering uh what you're saying with a bit of passion and an oomph behind it um so no i appreciate the appreciate the kind of words there absolutely no problem at all and of course it is all leading uh all roads lead to uh this coming friday just around the corner uh what we're three days away uh from uh hit me with your best shot or hit them yeah it's hit me with your best shot isn't it but uh um and this is going to be from the chatham's frog and fiddle against the stallion chris bronson um and you're going to be in the main event for the championship my friend and and one thing that you mentioned in your promo which really struck me was that you were southwest wrestling's second ever champion and now i go through the history books I didn't realise that, but to tell us a bit about that, because it was short-lived for one reason or another, but tell us a bit about your um, initial journey with SWW. Yeah, so, so Gloucester, which is kind of the sort of area that Southwest of Leicester uh, based in is where I started out. Um, it was uh, the Pro Evolution Wrestling Academy is where I started out uh, for my first few years. Um, so that was the first sort of area of Britain that I sort of, dabbled and got some work in and Southwest Wrestling kind of set up a similar sort of time. Um, I was brought in for their first show, which was for the championship. I lost to Ollie Lloyd. I'm not sure if you're aware of him. I think he's just recently stopped wrestling. Uh, he was their first ever champion. And then I got brought in for their second ever show uh, where I beat him for the championship in like a World of Sport rounds match. I'm not going to lie. The match wasn't very good. Um, it's, it's not a match I was proud of particularly. I was very early on in my career. I guess five years ago, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I, I personally don't think I should have been in that spot. I had a different gimmick at the time and my work in the ring was... I would, I would not want to watch that back. And I distinctly remember as well, the match was doomed. We started off, we locked up and within the first 10 seconds, I got them in a headlock and the fire alarm goes off in the venue. Oh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I was kind of looking around, sort of like, 
what do we do? Are we evacuating? Are we carrying on here? Nothing's happening. So we carry on and then it stops and it starts again. And, you know, so, and the company's grown a lot since then. They're, they're a very different company. I'm a very different wrestler. So it's going to be cool to go back there. I feel like we're talking about a lot of full circle moments in this interview. And that'll be yeah. another kind of cool sort of full circle moment being back there for the first time. I was meant to go back a couple of years ago for a show and got injured the night before at Red Pro. So I didn't make it. So it's going to be cool to go back there and, it's, it's a cool story isn't it i mean second ever champion i never lost the belt i was stripped of the championship yeah. um so i can come back and chris bronson's a top talent i think we're gonna we're gonna have a fun match and uh, i intend on walking out with the southwest wrestling heavyweight championship absolutely and uh, it, we, we go from four thousand people in the copper box to maybe a hundred or so in a very tight and intimate frog and fiddle in cheltenham um, but in my opinion, one of the best wrestling venues in the company because of that intimacy and because of the, the raucous nature. Of course, it's going to be a, an 18 plus show um, and uh, the beers certainly fly in that venue when the action gets hot and heavy. But uh, have you ever wrestled in the Frog and Fiddle before or anywhere like that? And then what are your thoughts kind of three, day, three days out from that show? I've never wrestled in that venue. I've done intimate venues before. I mean, I wrestled uh, Monday Night Wrestling's debut show uh, last Monday. Uh, which was in the engine room, Southampton, which was a very intimate venue, maybe a hundred at most in there, mm. if not less, uh, all sort of crowded around the ring. Once again, it was, I think it was an over 14 show. So it was that sort of older demographic, a little bit more of a gritty feel. And it's different. Like I said, energy to walk out to 4,000 people. It's this sea of people and this general noise. Whereas these shows, you hear the individual fans, you, you have the individual interactions. It's a lot more personal. It's a lot more fun. It's got that kind of like fight club feel, which I, yes. I expect it will be like the, the Frog and Fiddle. So it's a different experience. I think it's probably almost in a way a cooler experience for a wrestling van because it's so intimate. And for us, we get to sort of interact with them a bit more and, it, and they're so close to, to all the action. So uh, they'll be close to me beating Chris Bronson for the championship. There we go. It's, it's going to be an intense match between the two of you. Uh, let, let me ask you, I'm going to bring this picture up one more time. Uh, whereabouts did you shoot that promo? Because um, it, it, can't, it, it doesn't really look like uh, UK uh, scenery, but uh, give us a bit of insight into that. Mm. Well, I can reveal that it was very much the UK. It's, it's in really? Southampton, which is where ah. I'm based. Um, when I'm doing these promos, I think I, you know a lot of guys, they're asked to do a promo or they decide to film a promo. Um they'll grab their phone and they'll just film a promo for me. Like yeah. I mentioned earlier, growing up watching wrestling promos was one of the things I liked. And I think there's so much scope to do cool things with promos. And I think there's a lot more experimentation for me to have. Um, but I think, you know, if you can find a cool location, that's a little bit more interesting than just a white background or, or, you know, a wrestling ring, then, then try to. Um, so it's actually the top of a, a multi-story car park in Southampton <laughs> that just had a pretty cool, cool background. I was like, yeah, let's do it here. This seems like a good place to call out a champion. Um, so yeah, I always try and sort of make those promos interesting, different locations and uh, really make people listen to what I'm saying, hopefully and engage. For a second there, I thought it might have been while you was out in uh, Milan for SAJ. I thought it might have, you, you you could have blagged me a good one there and told me that it was over in Italy <laughs> or time. Barcelona. But uh, there you go. Right, we're going to uh, bring up some uh, questions and comments that have come through already. And uh, apologies for not bringing these up any sooner. Uh, we've got uh, Megan Harlan, uh, an ASW South trainee. Hi, Megan. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go, JJ Gale. I know she's a big fan of yours. Um, and... Uh, yeah, thank you, Megan, for tuning in. Let's have a quick look. Um, here we go. Megan again. Let's um so if you had a dream tag team partner, who would it be and who who would you want to go against? So um 
I, I know that you're a big part of your uh, professional wrestling career so far has been in the tag team realm. Uh, but uh, do you have anybody in particular that you'd like to team with and who against? It's a great question. And it's a very it tough is. question to answer. Um, oh, who would it be? I mean, uh, one name that springs to mind immediately if we're talking dream tag team partner is one of my favorite wrestlers uh, growing up and to this day. Uh, someone who's inspired me a lot and I, I try and pinch little bits from or you know I, I just think he's one of the best and that's Ray Mysterio you know he's, mm. he's a great tag team competitor he's had loads of tag teams over the years throughout his career so he's clearly going to do be very successful so uh, I'd love to team up with him and I'd just love to be able to pick his brain and sort of all those years he's been wrestling since he's 16 and he's in his 50s now and he's working as good as ever um, so I'd love to pick his brain about the business and, and about his work and uh That'd be pretty damn cool. So I'm, I'm going to go that. That's my answer. Good answer. Good answer. You probably ain't going to get much better than that. But um, now we've we mentioned about what a hot 2023 has been for you. Um, we mentioned uh, Italy and uh, RevPro, one or two others. Uh, but we've got a certain Matthew Rodriguez watching us via YouTube. And he asks about uh, uh, Lucha Libra Barcelona and memories of wrestling in Spain versus uh, Ike Navarro and Mark uh, Menino. Um, any memories of that? Was that a 2023 match? It was, yeah. It was back in April of this year. Um, yeah. Went over for Lucha. Um, yeah, real fun, real fun. It's, 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 I always enjoy going abroad for these shows to see what the scenes are like in the different countries, uh, see some of the talent. Um, you know, in the UK, you can find yourself working similar guys each week. Um, so it's kind of cool to get out there and sort of spruce it up and freshen it up a bit. Uh, this was a last-minute change to the card to add Ika to the match. Um, I think there was an injury or someone couldn't make the show, so he was thrown into our match and made it a championship match. And, yeah, it was good fun. It's always kind of cool to see see what the scene's like over there, see what the fans are like. It's probably my favourite part is to see sort of how they engage with, with wrestling. And it was one of those, as we talk about intimate venues, a very intimate venue. Um, it's a sort of warehouse in the middle of Barcelona, slap bang in the middle, and uh, you just kind of – it's got the shutters down. they kind of got the – the lucha mask on and you kind of just open the shutters and it's like i said that kind of fight club feel yeah uh, once they get the lights down and on the ring it's uh it's real cool you've got those passionate fans out there they're excited to see uh the wrestling and also excited to see sort of wrestlers from outside the country coming in so i had a real fun match there and That's i'd love really to return to lucha libre soon Absolutely. And uh, we've got a certain uh, John Redondo who sends us a question watching us live via YouTube. Thank you, John. Uh, memories of wrestling, Shoto Umino, uh, Yota Suji and uh, Kosi Fujita, Fujita in Rev Pro. And we spoke about your match with Fujita earlier on, but uh, Yota Suji and Shoto Umino, two other awesome talents that have come over to the UK, especially for Rev Pro over recent years. And you've had the opportunity to get into the ring with all three of those and uh, Umino and uh, Yotosuji uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all great learning experiences mm. and, and, and real good matches. Um, I mean, Shota was a while ago now. I think it was kind of the end of 2022. Well, end of 2021, actually, it would have been. Um, so we're talking almost two years since I got in and worked with Shota. But I enjoyed that one. I think we had a good fun match, good back and forth. Um, and it's a match that I'd love to sort of repeat again now. Um, seeing how he's sort of lighting up. I mean, he was closing out the show at Royal Quest on Saturday. Uh, setting up a match with Osprey. Um, so I'd love to go in there with him again. Uh, Suji was also a great match um, or a great couple of matches we mentioned earlier. And I kind of felt like that kick-started this run or this sort of uh, upward trajectory I've been on this year, actually. Yeah. I did the split with Callum in the tag team. We went our separate ways and I kind of went straight into a program with Yota. 
uh, got two big wins off him just before he left to uh, return to New Japan. Uh, so they were very important wins for me. And uh, yeah, I'll hold them close. One of them meant I entered the Revolution Rumble, which kicked off a lot of things. My York Hall debut kicked off all of this stuff with Zach. Um, so yeah, they, they have a special uh, special place in my memory as well, the matches with Yota. So uh, hope to do all of those matches again, um, maybe on a bigger stage. There we go. Who knows? Uh, and uh, uh, we've got uh, Anne Bruton watching us via uh, Facebook. Uh, thank you, Anne. And uh, Anne says, uh, JJ was incredible. Now, I think she's referring to the Progress in Chaos match in Bristol on uh, Sunday. Uh, Anne was there. So uh, thank you, uh, Anne, for, for watching and sending in your comments there. And a uh, big fan of yours, JJ. And uh, I, I, I want to kind of take a little bit of a deep dive into your wrestling fandom now. Uh, and certainly what kind of hooked you, what got you interested in the support, uh, what got you, um, uh, what what kind of pulled you in as a fan and, and got you hooked? Yeah, um, it's really funny. I was having this conversation with someone today. Uh, they sort of asked, how do you, how do you get into that? What, what, mm. like, and I said, as a fan as a kid, I couldn't really pinpoint exactly what it was that I liked and still like about wrestling. Um, I think it's just, uh, you know, this, this, it's just everything. It's that perfect mix of showmanship. I've always been a performer. Uh, I do some performing sort of outside of wrestling throughout my life and still to this day. So I've always enjoyed uh, performing in front of people. And I've also enjoyed physical activity. And it's kind of that perfect blend of physicality and performance and showmanship and aggression. And, you know, it, it's great. Um, I think I love to watch that. And I think I love to do that. Um, so I think that's what probably pulled me in. I mean, I've always told on whenever I've done interviews this story because I just find it quite amusing my first memory of pro wrestling was flicking the channels with my brother and flicking onto smackdown on sky sports and the boogeyman was chasing jbl around the <laughs> ring with worms hanging out of his mouth oh that was so gross i hated that it's, it's <laughs> so weird but as a six or seven year old kid i was like well i want to watch more of that i don't know what that's all about um so it wasn't like this five-star classic wrestling match. It was this weird dude with a red face eating worms, chasing this American bloke around the, the ring. Um, but ever since then, I kept tuning in and tuning in and learning more about it. And I think I was just enamored by the, the larger-than-life personalities, uh, the spectacle of the shows, the pyro, the edgy sort of, you know, for a young kid, pretty edgy storylines that were going on. And then the physicality, the flips, the moves was just really, really cool to me. And it was just yeah. sort of passion and it was something I pursued. And the more you learn about the inner workings of the industry, that becomes interesting. And then when you transition into training and working, it opens up this whole another side of it that you just want to learn and perfect. And it's a craft that you'll never perfect, but you're always striving to. So it's, uh, it's a pretty addictive thing to do. And with your, your style, your fast-paced, very athletic style, um, who were the type of wrestlers that you were drawn to uh, as a young fan or maybe in your teenage years or maybe more recently that maybe inspired you? You mentioned Rey Mysterio earlier, um, but uh, who else were kind of on your radar as, as some of your heroes or inspirations? Yeah, I mean, when I think back of like my first favourite wrestler was John Cena, which maybe doesn't reflect in my in-ring style today, but you know, of certain generations, it's whoever that top guy was. I'm sure mm. there's a lot of kids today that Roman Reigns is their guy or Hogan for some. And it says that like kind of big, larger than life personality that was on top. Yeah. So he's the first guy I remember. So I wanted to walk around with my hat on and my jean shorts thinking I was, you know, going around like this, thinking I was the coolest guy. Also someone <laughs> like Jeff Hardy, I guess, if we we're talking about yeah. someone more of a high risk style. Jeff was someone, I mean, I was constantly doing swanton bonds on trampolines and much to my parents' disgrace onto the sofa and 
think I even broke our sofa at one point. <laughs> one time, point We've all done that. We've all done We've that. All Slamming our there. best friends onto the bed or onto the sofas, yep. yeah. <laughs> all of this stuff, backyarding and trying to put people through tables and all this stuff. So Jeff was someone early on who I liked. Um, and then going forward, the more sort of into it you get, I remember guys like El Generico, Sami Zayn, sort of seeing some of his stuff in Ring of Honor and then moving into WWE and NXT. Uh, Pac, someone that I just think is incredible, the way he works in the ring, the way he moves, the way he changes gears and pacing, um, yeah. and how slick everything is in there. Um, you know, when he, you know, it's, it's just, for me, I'm just like, he's one of the best. Um, someone like Will Ospreay, for similar reasons. Like, these kind of guys I look up to, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let, let me let me ask you, uh, taking you away from your wrestling fandom for a second, when, when you're backstage at a Rev Pro show and you've got, say, for example, a, a Zack Sabre Jr. there or Will Ospreay there, <clears throat> do you try to sit under the learning tree of those two or some of the talent that are there? Uh, and of course, you've been in the business five, six years yourself. You know, you, you're, you're no, no newbie to this. But um, do you try to soak up that sort of knowledge from those sort of uh, performers and talents? Well, yeah, you, you'd be stupid not to, right, if you've got you know, some of the best wrestlers in the world on a British wrestling show, <clears throat> you know, they're not there week in, week out. Um, to be honest, we're as fans, people are lucky and as workers, we're lucky to have these guys backstage sure. um, watching, producing, or just, you know, being there to, to uh, you know, to help out. So yeah, picking brain as much as you can. If they, you know, if you're lucky enough for them to watch your match, um, you know, recently I've had Will backstage on, on, on a headset for one of the matches, which was incredible. We're getting sort of live reaction and feedback and stuff while we're in the ring, which is awesome. I mean, I'm glad I didn't know going out there because that probably would have been an extra bit of pressure. But when you're in there yeah. and you're sort of getting this, it, I mean, it's invaluable, really. So we're extremely lucky for that. So, yeah, as much as you can, I'm, I'm obviously going to pick brains of, of everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let, let me ask you then, was the desire always to want to become a professional wrestler or a performer in that sort of capacity? Was there always a desire or did it kind of happen by chance? No, I think it was always there. Um, like I said, it was always uh, my main passion growing up. Um, and it's something a lot of people as kids maybe are into and you, you grow out of or you, you stop liking for whatever reason. And that just never happened. Um, I remember doing a sort of careers lesson in, in, in secondary school and wanting to say I want to be a wrestler but not really knowing how we have to do this whole thing of here's the steps to get to this career and I had no idea how to do it I just thought it'd be a really cool job so I didn't write it but I remember thinking then actually I think this is what I want to do so it's always been something I wanted to pursue um so it's it's never really been a question for me when I was sort of late teens it was let's find somewhere to train um I was lucky that my parents have always supported me with with this passion and you know up until the age of 18 would help me get into training as much as they could take me to shows um you know even supporting you know trying to come up with merchandise ideas and stuff you know they've yeah. always been really supportive so I've been lucky with that but it's always been something I've wanted to pursue um and we're still on that journey now trying to make the most of it Absolutely. Now, I always say this, I never like to embarrass my guests on any episode of Wrestling with Jonathan, but I, I always kind of manage to somehow or another. Um, and I've got some, some pictures from your kind of earlier Thanks. years. Thanks. And there's a, a very young uh, JJ Gale, of course, and as we kind of uh, move through the years. You can kind of see the, the JJ Gale of 2023 kind of there, sort of. The seeds are there. The seeds are there, certainly. Um, but uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, your first matches were um, in 2016. Is that about right? Yeah. So, actually, I think my first match was in 2015 oh, okay. on a trainee show. I did <clears throat> about two or three matches that year on trainee shows. Um, my first paid match, my first professional match, if you will, was in 2016. Um 
and yeah those first sort of two three four years i'm working maybe at most four times a year um and uh it's maybe not the true like essence of wrestling you know there's a lot of preparation going into it and uh maybe you're working your trainer or you're working someone from your training school but it's sort of just easing you into it so those first few years were just a lot of training as much as i could i say a lot of training it wasn't there was no school near where i was from originally in dorset um so i was traveling two hours to get to a training school and being 16 17 unable to drive myself so relying on my parents to sort of help so sort of it was an every other week sort of thing one of them would drive me up and take me to a training school for four or five hours and then i say about three times a year go up for a match um so it was a slow sort of start and i think i mentioned earlier sort of end of 2018 early 2019 i see as almost like a a restart in my career when I started training at the Portsmouth School of Wrestling and wrestling week in and week out and going to shows every weekend, whether that be wrestling or, or helping out or just being there. And that was kind of a, a gear change for me. Well, absolutely. And, and as we've established, and I'm sure you'll agree, Rev Pro is almost certainly your, your home promotion and has been since 2018, 2019 onwards. How did you first get in with Rev Pro? How did you get onto their radar? Uh, so it was just a case of, of going to, to the Portsmouth School of Wrestling, to be honest. Um, right. I moved to Southampton uh, to study at university, um, which a, a, a lot of the decision to do that was because I knew that the Red Pro Portsmouth School of Wrestling was just up the motorway. Uh, and that was somewhere that I knew would be a good place to train because the end product is the chance to wrestle on Red Pro shows, which is the best promotion in Europe, in my opinion. Um, so... I was actually working other shows for other promotions and a few of the wrestlers had trained or that used to train there and would say, come along, come along. And each time I'd ask them, they'd then, you know, oh, I'm not training tonight, so I can't. But eventually I found my way there and yeah, just sort of worked, worked through the school really. And it was, um, like I mentioned earlier, sort of start at the bottom and just trying to work my way up to the top. And the very top is to be British heavyweight champion. So I'm going to keep working until, until I achieve that goal. Absolutely. And uh, kind of going through your, your record books, I noticed that um, in 2019, you had some pretty extraordinary opponents, didn't you? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've got down here, uh, you worked the likes of uh, Hikaleu, uh, the Great Okan, Rampage Brown, uh, amongst uh, many others. And, and 2019, still being very young, uh, going into 2020, was a pretty uh, unique and very special time for you, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. Huge learning experience. Exactly. And I think that's what I say about sort of restarting my my year, you know, of my wrestling sort of journey was training there. And then, yeah, my first my first official RevPro uh, sort of main show match was against Sean Jackson at uh, a Southampton show in June 2019. It was kind of like a tryout match. I was told, you know, you can don the contenders gear and go out there and we'll just see how you do. Just you know, see how you do. And it went well. And then two months later, I guess I made my sort of official debut um, wrestling Hikaleo. So it's like, how's this happened? Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it was quite a cool story. I was doing the contender. It was the first time at the cockpit that I'd been ringside in the contender shirt and everything. I don't think anyone really knew who I was. Um, and we did this whole angle where Hikaleo wanted to beat someone up. And I think I was just like, well, I'm here. Let's do it. And we sort of did this five minute match where I got a little flurry in and the sort of crowd came alive because they'd never even seen me before. They were just like, who's this guy? They, they were calling me white shoes. Um, just because I was wearing some white trainers, so like they don't even know my name, and I'm getting this flurry in on Hikaleo, and they're chanting white shoes, white shoes, and I eventually get murdered. But yeah, cool experience to get in there with uh, with someone like that, and also just get in front of those fans for the first time. 
Absolutely. It all counts, doesn't it? It's all experience. Um, but And then, of course, we all know what happened in, in 2020, March, April time, the world closed down, wrestling didn't open for another year and a half. But Rev Pro, on the other hand, were one of the very few promotions around the UK uh, that, that recorded uh, no fan shows behind closed doors, um, content for their fans, and uh, you were very much a part of them, no fan shows. But before we get into some of the opponents and experiences in particular, um, how was that kind of overall experience of wrestling with no fans, no audience, just as you were kind of like trying to find your feet and uh, making some waves in 2019, 2020? And then, of course, you had nobody to perform in front of. But how was that for you? Yeah, very weird. A weird time in general. Yeah, not just outside of wrestling and everything for everyone. Um, a very strange time. You know, I think once, you know, the, the wrestling stopped, the football stopped and all of this stuff, everyone's yeah. kind of like, this is something serious. You know, there's no Premier League football at the weekend. There's no Monday Night Raw on a Monday or whatever. Like, this is all a bit weird or there's no fans. Um, and then for us guys as well, having no shows at the weekends, it's kind of like, you know, for me, it was just the start of sort of every weekend getting out there and working shows or being yeah. at shows or showing my face and really trying to get a foot in the door places. Um, so it it was a real sort of shitty time in that respect uh, for it to all close down. Um, I was coming to the end of my studies at university and I was very much focused on just, I'm going to give this wrestling thing a go. This is what I'm, I'm going all in on. So it was a real shame for it to all shut down. Um, but at the same time, those no fan shows were... Uh, you know, like I always say, I don't know if I would have wrestled Will Ospreay if it wasn't for the pandemic. So every cloud and all that, um, you know, before that, I was just kind of wrestling the other contenders. Um, yeah. There was, like I say, there's few opportunities to wrestle guys like Greta Khan and, and Rampage Brown, Hikaleo. But I remember getting the sort of running order for these tapings. And it was Mark Haskins, Robbie X, um, supposed to be Carl Fletcher. Um, it was never actually supposed to be Will Ospreay. Uh, I think... Will was meant to wrestle Carl at one of the tapings and he got concussed the day before. Um, I was told I was wrestling uh, Mad Cut. So I turned up to the to the Portsmouth School of Wrestling where we taped the shows, expecting to wrestle my mate Curtis, and who was someone I'd never wrestled. So I was looking forward to that. And um, I speak to Andy and um, I was like, oh, so is it, uh, is it me and Curtis there? And he was like, oh, no, it's you and Will. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Obviously, no, sell it. But in my head, I'm like, shit, he's like, the best wrestler in the world and i need yeah. to deliver and not shit the bed so um but i think that's kind of good i had no no time to mull over it. i just went out there and um it was a fun match it was a good match i mean i feel like a completely different wrestler now so that's a match i'd love to replay at some point oh it's gonna um, happen isn't it yeah for sure I, I really i really think it does um so yeah that's what i can't wait to hopefully do down the line who knows where everyone's careers are leading but it's definitely one that I'd love to do again one day. But so that was a pretty cool experience. And someone like Mark Haskins as well, who's got years of experience and such a talented performer. Um, so it was great in that respect. The actual wrestling in front of no fans was pretty, pretty shit. I didn't enjoy yeah. that. Uh, everything hurts a lot more. There's not as much adrenaline and energy in, in the in the building because there's no one out there. There's maybe a few people ringside slapping the mat. It was also cold, most of those tapings. We did one in July, but the one in October and April, it was, I think it was snowing the day in April that we did the shows in October. I mean, it's it's never nice. So it's freezing cold and you're there in your trunks trying to stay warm before you go out there. So the experience of wrestling in front of no fans kind of sucked, but also it made you focus on different things. You're not working a crowd necessarily, but you have to focus on your in-ring work a little bit more because it's all to the camera and every yeah. detail's picked up a little bit more because of that. So it was definitely an interesting experience. Um, 
but I'm not in a rush for that to ever happen again. So. No, no, let's hope it never does. Not in our lifetime anyway. And uh, so so moving that aside, and when fans did come back, you were put into a tag team, weren't you, with Callum Newman? Um, and you, I think it was yourself and Callum were this kind of constant up until early 2023 when the inevitable split happened. Um, but for well over a year, you and Callum teamed together. And I had Callum on the show early on in the year, maybe uh, May, uh, I believe, May or June. And we spoke about your your kind of tag team together. Um, and he, I think he alluded to the fact that the two of you were put together because you had similar looks and similar styles. Uh, how do you remember it? Yeah, so the, the old saying goes, we both wrestled Will Ospreay. Um, the old saying, what am I on about? It was said uh, a lot on commentary. Uh, that you know the the two of us wrestled Will Ospreay on the no fan shows and you know he'd said that uh you know these two would help uh, complement each other so I think that was mm. the idea behind it we help each other grow with similar styles similar looks um and maybe the things that we're, we're each lacking in that each other can kind of help each other grow um so we first teamed at the no fan shows it was the same day I wrestled Will um about an hour later we taped another match which was me and Callum versus uh Mills and Oku um and that was really fun and then the next day, I think uh, we wrestled Sean, uh, Sean Jackson and Kenneth Halfpenny, which I don't think that match ever made made it the light of day. Um, not because it was bad. I think they just didn't release some of the matches because fans came back. So they just had a, a load of matches they didn't release. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from then on, the next two years, sort of sporadically, we kind of went between singles and, and tag competition. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was a real cool experience. It was nice to get in there and sort of, the first time I'd been in a proper tag team so it was kind of looking at wrestling in a different way looking through that tag team sort of microscope of how matches are in a team and, and sort of figuring that out so that was a real cool experience um, so yeah and it's really cool to see where Callum's gone on now obviously his first tour of Japan you know very happy for him so it's it's kind of cool I feel like we're both sort of riding waves of momentum at the moment so it's uh, it's real cool 100%, 100%. Uh, we had uh, uh, Spot Center, na 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 na, get in touch. I don't know if I've pronounced that right, via YouTube. Uh, those glasses in that four-way versus LJ Cleary versus Kuro versus Scotty Rourke. And that was a Coliseum show, wasn't it, earlier on this year? Now, um, I've alluded to it, you know, during the course of this interview, but 2023 has not only been your best year, but it's probably been your busiest year as well. And you've branched out to various groups around the UK in 2023 and Coliseum being one of those. Yeah, that was that was a day off the Copper Box, that show. Uh, oh. The same day as, as, as All In. Yeah, it was a busy weekend. Uh, Copper Box on the Saturday. Sunday daytime was this match, uh, which was real fun. The three guys I'd never wrestled before. Uh, I'm glad I got to get in there with LJ before he's gone on to New, uh, not New Japan, sorry, uh, Noah yes. in, the, in the last month or so. Uh, Scotty Rourke was someone I've wrestled before and Kuro from over in France he's not over here too much so it's cool to sort of get in there and I think we had a really fun match it seemed to be really well received and we had a bit of fun at the start you know everyone was wearing some uh, sunshades I was giving some <laughs> glasses from from one of the fans you know I wasn't really down for all of this we were posing for a photo I'm like what's going on here um but it ended in a pretty pretty fun match so I'm glad that was uh, remembered there we go thank you very much spot center uh, thank you for your question. Another question that came through from uh, Richie, Richie Horrigan. Uh, JJ, what football team do you support? So you uh, mentioned earlier about it being uh, no football uh, during the pandemic, but uh, by the sounds of it, you're clearly a football fan. Yeah, so I might disappoint some of the fans from Southampton that see me at the Southampton shows and, and might think I'm a Southampton supporter. Obviously, I wish them all the best living here, but 
I've been a gooner from day one. I've brought up in a household of Arsenal fans. My, my old man's an Arsenal fan. My brother's an Arsenal fan. So, uh, come on, you gunners. There we go. There we go. A few more questions that have come through during the course of this interview. Let's have a little look. Uh, okay, so... Uh, we've got Richie again asking uh, any other indie wrestling venues that uh, that, you, that you haven't performed in that you'd like to kind of perform in over 2024, I think is uh, the, the crux of Richie's question there. But uh, uh, indie venues or maybe any indie companies that you'd like to perform for that you haven't done so already? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I've only done York Hall once forever. I'd love to be back there. It's a very historic venue. I've been ringside as a contender and backstage for some really cool moments there. So that's a real special venue that I'd like to have a singles match in. I've only wrestled there in the Rumble. Um, Crystal Palace Arena is one that uh, has been run by uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I'm not sure if they will run it again or Rev Pro will run it again, but that's another real cool big arena I'd love to get to. Yeah, I was there um, for Royal Quest 2 last year. A wonderful show, uh, a wonderful show. weekend of shows. Yeah, the FTR Aussie Open match was oh. unreal, unreal. It was. Um, <laughs> yeah, that I'd love to wrestle there. Um, and a promotion I'd love to get out to OTT over in uh, Ireland seems to do some real cool shows and have some wicked venues out there. I'd love to get there. So that's another one. Um, but there's countless ones. I'm sure that I will uh, no doubt make my way to at some point over the next year. Absolutely. And um, final question for me then is, is you've had uh, a fantastic 2023, a real kind of rise on the scene over the last two or three years, uh, a fantastic you know, learning experience for you as well. I think we've clearly demonstrated during the course of this interview uh, what an incredible kind of rise you've had. Um, but so have you got any other kind of really, really proud moments within your career that you've had to kind of really stand up there as, as moments that you'll be proud for for a very, very long time? that are very special to you? Um, some some we may have already spoken about, of course. Yeah, I think we've touched on a lot of them, to be fair. But I, I guess that, that that first time you get in a ring is always a cool moment. You know, it's something maybe you've thought about doing for a long time. You have that first match. I look back now and I'm sure I would cringe very hard watching that match. But like, that's the first step, right? That's the first step of the journey. Yeah. The first time in front of fans. I remember that being a real cool moment. Um bit surreal to be honest of actually being there doing it um that match with Fujita with the copper box was very special um I got you put me on my feet here um the match with Will at the no fan shows is another one I look back on and think that was a sort of real cool moment um your call somewhere I wanted to wrestle for a long time so wrestling there in, in March was was real cool maybe the first time I went abroad to wrestle was a cool moment I went to America mm. in 2018 for a couple of shows for pro wrestling magic and warriors of wrestling so that was kind of cool um anything else anything else i think you've covered off a few really cool ones there to be honest with you yeah i think the most important thing jj is is, there's so so many more to come and uh, like i say 2023 hasn't even finished yet but uh, 2024 is going to be a stellar year um if you hit the ground running and keep kind of progressing the way you have done in 2023 the next few years are going to be uh, absolutely phenomenal um but uh, uh, before we ask you for your socials um i just need to remind uh, my audience at home who my next guests are going to be and of course tomorrow uh, my second live interview in the space of 24 hours, really. I've got Tamila Smith coming onto the show, 8 p.m. UK time, and she's going to be an awesome guest doing some wonderful things on the European scene um, and uh, a former Olympic amateur wrestler as well. So it's going to be really, really interesting to get her insight on that. 
My next uh, live interview after Mila will be next Monday. Scott Garland, formerly Scotty Too Hotty in WWE, will be coming back onto the show nearly a year to the day since his last uh, appearance. We'll be catching up with Scott, uh, finding out what he's been up to in the last year, but predominantly to hype up and to talk about uh, all the various shows that he's already been booked for across the UK and Europe for November and December. That same week, next Tuesday, one day after Scott Garland, I've got Ivy coming onto the show, uh, which is going to be a phenomenal interview uh, with the uh, the Karen of uh, Br- British professional wrestling. And I, I'm not going to say that to her face, of course. And then uh, that same week, Thursday, we got uh, Ruby Manitoba, uh, similar to Jordan Sparks, fresh off of three months over in the States, training in Tennessee with Dr. Tom Pritchard. Uh, three fantastic interviews next week and one more tomorrow with me, the Smith. Um, and not forgetting, I mentioned it at the top of the interview, because uh, I, I interviewed in person uh, world of sport legend, one of the very best professional wrestlers that this country or the world has ever produced, let's be honest. And uh, like I say, so many people, uh, like I say, he's, uh, his style has been adopted by dozens of people all over the world. And we talk about people like Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Johnny Saint kind of gave birth to that sort of style of wrestling. Uh, Johnny Saint, his Legends Masterclass interviews, part one and two, will be dropping in November. Uh, but to JJ, uh, before we say goodbye, we need to ask you for your socials my friend now they are scrolling along the bottom of the screen uh where can we reach out where can we say hi and where can we learn more about jj gale yeah absolutely um yeah it says on the screen it's at jj gale underscore pw across all socials facebook twitter instagram x i should say um tiktok uh youtube uh so yeah go find it get at it and uh, there'll be sort of photos videos match graphics, upcoming shows, and all that good stuff there. Absolutely. And not forgetting your merch, my friend. You're wearing one of the T-shirts there. Uh, the uh, Storm so storm Through Everyone, JJ Gale. So tell us a bit about that T-shirt, where we can get our hands on that, because you do have a big cartel as well, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, JJ Gale, uh, bigcartel.jjgale.com. It's in all of the bios on all the socials. So if you just click on the socials, there'll be a link in there. Click on that. It's only couple of these left a new design will be coming out towards the end of the year new uh, start of 2024 so if you did want to grab this shirt like i say there's only a couple left and a couple sizes so get to that soon uh, there's also eight by tens there and a few other sort of, sort of gimmicks and whatnot so yeah get at it Excellent. I'm definitely going to be checking out that merch because that T-shirt is very, very sweet, my friend. Um, but before we say goodbye, if you've got any any parting words, any final message from JJ Gale uh, to your fans, friends, followers, um, or possibly your opponents, uh, but uh, any final words from JJ Gale uh, to sign us off? Yeah, well, thanks for having me today. Obviously, I've enjoyed the interview and thanks to anyone out there who's been supporting and following my journey. Uh, it means a lot to me to to have anyone sort of follow me on this journey uh, it's a lot of hard work and uh, there's, there's a long way to go from where i want to be so i appreciate all the support along the way uh, hopefully i'll see you guys at, at the shows coming up um starting this friday with that match with chris bronson for the uh, southwest wrestling championship i'm coming in uh, you know i'm a former champion i never lost mm. that belt so i think i deserve it and i'm going to take it and uh, nothing's going to stop me i'll be storming through everyone for the rest of this year and if you think 2023 was a big year then just wait for 2024 there we go but uh, the heart and soul of the british wrestling scene jj gale thank you so much for being an awesome guest and we'll see you at the shows my friend thank you jonas see you soon 